The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Wildcat Golf Club. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by the pay-per-view fight of the year, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. Today's Blitz Rewind starts now. Last night, conveniently, after our show was over, Woj drops that Russ Westbrook is traded to the uh, the Wizards. I want your initial thoughts. What did you think when they made that move? Yawn. I mean, okay. it, it, I, honestly... That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm looking at it, so you're trading for the David Johnson of the NBA. I guess I would rather have the 30-year-old on that contract as opposed to Russ Westbrook, who I don't think will last all three years of his deal. I want you to fire Tyler. F. Tyler. Him and Aaron come out, so he brings the Malord out. I do a shot, and I swear to God, I, swear, I, I, I told him, I, I, I would rather go out with Bill Cosby and drink whatever he gives me than that crap, okay? Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Our number three, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. You can get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. You're good to go. There's Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. At A.J. is the real. At Aaron is Blitz. At Degenerates975. Can text the show. You know the number for that. You, can, uh, you can't watch us on Twitch, but you can comment on Twitch and listen. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Miss the first two hours. You miss it. We're out here at Wildcat for the occasional invitational, which is wrapped up. And uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of golf. There's lot one, of, there's, I think there's a team still on the course. There's a pink up there. That, that'll be the one that comes in at 52. I would be willing to bet a small child on that. You watch. Whoever's last, I'm telling you, they got some guy wandering around in here making sure every other team. You, you've done this before. You know that's how it works. Some guy's going to come in and put 52 up. You watch. And, 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 yes, you're finishing an hour after everybody else in the dark, and somehow you shot 52. All right, uh, let's talk some more college football. Taylor McCard joins us, as he does every Thursday. And, uh, Taylor, you, you should be out here playing golf with us, man, here at Wildcat. It's, uh, it's been a fun day. Man, I was just about to say I'm jealous of you guys. Did, did you guys get a chance to play today? I, I did not. AJ hit a few balls. I got to I got a chance to drive around in a golf cart and drink beer and hit a random golf ball for a couple teams. That's so it all that it's ideal. about. That's, a, that's, that's all that matters. I'm guessing you're a pretty good golfer, Taylor. I'm just a uh, former quarterback. You're in good shape. You just look like you'd be a good golfer. I I am a I'm a nine handicap that acts like I should shoot under par. I have a, I'm working. I'm still trying to figure out how to go out and enjoy my round. But I've i played with a bunch of guys at Rice that are phenomenal golfers. That they really uh, they beat me most times we play, which I'm ashamed to admit. Well, that's uh let them have that. You were a better quarterback, so there. You, you can always tell them that. I'll take so, uh, it. <laughs> So I think uh, I was asking Brad about this earlier from a gambling perspective, but one of the coolest things this week is uh, the Coastal Liberty game got canceled because Liberty had the COVID. And ESPN sets it up that we get BYU Coastal, which I think is a much more interesting game. 
Uh, what do you think? I think it's fantastic. I, I, first off, just kudos to these programs for putting it together, right? I mean, we've seen this a couple times now with games that are put together last minute. And just to, to for these administrations and these staff and players and coaches to be on board to do this, that's got to be one of the, the few bright spots of this year is seeing two undefeated teams come together and say, you know, we're going to get less than 48 hours of preparation and we're going to go play. I think that's fantastic. I think the matchup for the game specifically, I like BYU in the game. I think they're, they're a more physical team. And Coastal has done such a good job on offense. They, they have a very small offensive line. Most of their guys are not much bigger than 6'1", 6'2", not a lot of guys over 300 pounds. I think they may only have one on the offensive on the front. Expect BYU to be more physical, but Coastal, their, their calling card all season has been creativity and getting people in space. They know they're not just going to line up and run base offense right at you. They do such a good job mixing up wrinkles for each week against who they're playing. I think this is going to be a ton of fun to watch. I hope that it gets flexed off of ESPNU onto one of the bigger channels because this game does really, I think it deserves the national platform. A lot of people might not have seen Zach Wilson play, but I mean, I think this guy's phenomenal. What, what is your, what's your take on him and his NFL potential? I think there's there's certainly NFL potential there. I I don't know that people realize how big he is. I mean, he's he's a six three quarterback, right? This is not a, a small guy. Um, he's been very efficient with the football. Not a lot of turnovers, and that's what I mean. He's twenty six touchdowns and two picks, right? I mean, that's as about as good as you can hope for at this level. BYU's knock all season has been who have you played? Really, their strength of schedule is is in the bottom half of the country. This will be a challenge for them, but specific, specifically for Zach Wilson, I, I certainly think there is a pro potential there. I think this could potentially be a late first round, early second round pick just based on how many teams we've seen in the NFL need a quarterback. Hey, Taylor, Texas loses this weekend. They, it's their third loss of the season. Tough, tough loss. I, I mean, obviously they, they were ahead for almost the entire game. They lose at the end. And then immediately the, the, the rage starts flaring up and Tom Herman's got to go and you've got players opting out of the rest of the season. And, and then when you look at what Tom Herman's done, and I don't, I don't think Tom Herman's going to win at Texas to the level that they want him to, but when you consider what Charlie Strong did before, Tom Herman's done a pretty decent job. Do you feel like Tom Herman's kind of nearing the end of his rope at Texas? And if so... Do you think that's the right move? You know, two weeks ago, I, I think I came on with you guys and said, I think he deserves to come back. I think you've got to give him another chance. I, I'm based here in Austin. It feels like the difference in, in Charlie Strong and Herman is the fans, for the most part, liked Charlie Strong just as a guy. It felt like they wanted to, to want him there. They, they wanted him there. And then you, you have the season that he did, especially down the stretch, and then they go lose to Kansas. And then they moved on, and it kind of made sense, especially when you lose to a team like Kansas. It, the tone in Austin has changed where it feels like, I don't know that, that Herman has the buy-in just as a guy. It, it feels like he's sort of lost the, the fan base, not only from a, an X's and O's standpoint and ability to win games. I'm not even sure if they are, are bought in to just him as a coach and as a, as a person, which that's where, that's hard. It's hard to move on from that or recover from that, I should say. 
I think that they probably move on from him. And and my personal opinion was he deserves to come back next year. He was the, the shiny toy a few years ago when they brought him in that everybody was excited about. I don't know that he's been given a complete fair shake, but when you lose in the way that they have against TCU and Iowa State at home in both of those games, and especially this one against Iowa State, no points in the fourth quarter, that is so hard to stomach. You've got a fifth-year senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and you can't get over the hump in these games. It's pretty damning evidence against him, and I, I, I do think they move on from him, and it remains to be seen if they actually are able to land Urban Meyer. Yeah, Taylor, I, I, maybe you can explain it to me, but what, is it really as simple as coaching? Because I look at the talent on this team. I, I look at the fact that they've got a 50-year senior quarterback who's damn good. They've got some monsters on defense, and yet they either they struggle on one or the other when they lose games. They don't come up big in the clutch. Is that as simple as coaching? I think if there is a coach that can come in and fix it, Urban Meyer is, is on the short list of people that can come in. What Texas has been missing is tenacity, is toughness. They, when they're expected to win, when they're the front runner, they struggle. They don't know how to win from the front. They're better when they're in an underdog scenario. Go back to their win over Georgia. Go back to their win over Utah, both of those in bowl games. The problem for Texas since Mac Brown left has been there, there are not enough guys on that team that are violent. When you watch them play, there are not guys that you look out and say, man, these dudes, you can tell they love the game and they're going all out and they're playing a, a violent brand of football where when you turn on the Ohio States and the Clemsons and the Alabamas of the world, that Texas hold themselves in that regard, that's what those teams have. They have guys that are nasty defenders and really nasty up front on both sides of the ball. And I think Urban Meyer is the type of coach I really do that could come in and bring that level of intensity that they need. Because in Austin right now, you don't have it. And I think there is a cultural issue that you've seen since Mac Brown in the last few years of his tenure, and then a couple coaching staff since then, you wonder, is this just a systematic issue with the, with the program? Does this have nothing to do with coaching? I do think, though, Urban Meyer, everywhere he's been, has been able to bring that level of intensity and that toughness that, that Texas is missing. Taylor, uh, your, your owls have only probably only going to get in five games this year, and UH had yet another one canceled this week. Last couple of weeks was their fault, but every, every other game they've lost has been the other team. Uh, as a former player... I mean, how are guys going to feel when they get a five-game schedule in, which you know, which is what's going to happen at Rice, it looks like. It's what's going to happen at, at UH maybe gets in seven. Um, I, I know it's a different kind of year, but, but what's the mindset there? How do you deal with that? I think it's brutal on these kids on, on a week-to-week basis. There's prepping for, you know, going through two-a-days in fall camp and then prepping for a game are, are different things. Prepping for a game... It's specific to the team that you're playing. You have your plays and your schemes that you run, but it is so hard to get up for a game and prep for a game, and then on Friday or Saturday have it pulled out from under you and you don't get a chance to. And over time, these guys, they're humans, right? It's human nature to, okay, do we still put in the same effort to this game week prep because are we actually going to get a chance to play? That's human nature to have that reaction. you got to fight against that. That's what you've seen with these teams all over the country is, you got to figure out a way to 
pull yourself up and, and get motivated for that upcoming week. And what remains to be seen that, that we will, this will come to fruition over the, the off season. What do these programs do with the kids? Cause all of these seniors are allowed to come back per the NCAA, but how do, how do these schools handle that with scholarships? That's expensive. I don't know how many of these programs, some of them have already come out and said there's not going to be scholarships available for these seniors that want to come back. And that's heartbreaking if you're a fifth-year senior and you get five games in and then you know your school, I'm using Rice as the example, says, hey, we don't have – there are no more scholarships. That, that's the piece that it's just unfortunate, and it's, this is one of the, the casualties of this kind of you know, really awful year that we're all living through. I, I know this is a long shot, but because there's so many games being canceled and so many things, uh, is, is there still a chance that maybe we get a Rice UH game before the end of the season since those teams are only going to have five, six games? As much as I would love to see it, I don't think that it happens. It would have to be on the 19th. Maybe it does. I think it's more likely that if Rice gets the opportunity to play one of their conference opponents, they're going to do that. I can't speak for U of H, but I'm pretty certain that if UTSA or UTEP, one of the conference opponents, if the conference presents it to them, I think the loyalty right now for them is to the conference and not to U of H as much as I would love for that game to happen. But on a smaller level, Rice and U of H, it's like Texas A&M and Texas. I think those teams should have to play each other every year. And I know it was supposed to happen earlier in the year uh, and would obviously love to see it happen because really it's, it's uh, when, the, when both teams are playing consistently, it really is a fantastic rivalry between Rice and Houston. Well, and, and it, UH is supposed to play Tulsa on the 19th, but they could easily be in the championship game, which means they'd have an open date. So, Right, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to see it. Plus, you and I could wager on it. So, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Taylor, uh, A&M is knocking on the door. Uh, they're, they're just waiting for somebody to slip up. Uh, they had a, an opportunity last week against a name-brand opponent that is down, I feel like A&M in that spot really needed to have put up some style points, and, and they didn't. Uh, they, they actually kind of struggled with LSU, which was it was disappointing, but also it was unexpected. Do you think that you know the, the committee and, and these people who make these decisions are looking at these games and saying, man, maybe that Florida game is just the outlier? And, and because really... A&M doesn't have another data point that makes you go, wow, now that's impressive. Like, is it possible that A&M is, is, even though they're winning games, is not winning impressively enough for the people who make these decisions? I think you're right. I think it's kind of similar to if you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL that are an undefeated team, but you still look at them and say, are they actually that good? I think it's very similar to A&M where – they're only winning, their margin of victory is eight points right now. And, and a few of these wins are against teams that are not very good. Go back to the first game of the season against Vanderbilt. They should have blown that team out by 40 points. Look what Vanderbilt has become throughout the course of the season. The flip side, the only piece that I will say to defend A&M against LSU, I don't think people realize how nasty the weather was in that game and how difficult it was to throw the football for them, it was not a convincing win. It didn't look good on paper. It didn't look good on film. But they did win. 
they have an opportunity this week against Auburn, if they go out, and I know Auburn is down. They're not what we expected them to be. But if this is still a above-average SEC team. If A&M can go on the road and win and win convincingly, that is what they need. Because after that, they play Tennessee, who, who is not very good. This game against Auburn is massively important for them to go out and make a statement win because this is where if somebody slips up ahead of them and falls back, that's what the committee is going to look for to say, we think that A&M can compete. Because right now, what's going to happen is they would, if they were to sneak in, they're going to go to number four and they're going to have to play this Alabama team who's already played, they've already had a matchup together and, and they were blown out in the second half of that game, especially. So they're going to have to have a, a convincing case over the next two games specifically against Auburn, to have a chance to get in. All right, that's Taylor McCarg, who uh, always does a great job, joins us every Thursday to talk a little college football. You can follow him on Twitter at tmccarg16. Taylor, appreciate the time as always. Next time we got to get you out here on the course. That sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good weekend. All right, you do the same. All right. I got to tell you guys about Pajamagram. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be that time of year. And you want to make an impression, Pajama Gram's a way to do it. Give the gift of comfort and relaxation. It's the Tempting Touch Pajamas, exclusively from Pajama Gram, America's PJ experts for nearly 20 years. The Tempting Touch Pajamas, we, I've talked about them before. These are the softest pajamas you'll ever feel. It's the softest fabric you'll ever feel, the micro velvet. Uh, it, it's so soft. It's so smooth. It's irresistible to wear. They beg to be touched, and she's going to slip them on after a long day and just start to melt away. It's great. You'll love them, too, because they're, they're not bad to look at. And great thing is uh, when you order at pajamagram.com, you don't have to gift wrap. So that's one less thing for you to do over the holidays, gift wrap that gift. Uh, beat the holiday rush. Get her these tempting touch PJs. Get your free gift packaging today before the deal disappears. It's so simple. Go to pajamagram.com. Fast, easy, delivery by Christmas is guaranteed. That's pajamagram.com. Tell them A.J. Hoffman from ESPN 97.5 sent you. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Wildcat Golf Club. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by the pay-per-view fight of the year, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. Watch it live this Saturday at 8 p.m. Central, only on pay-per-view. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz, still here at Wildcat. Still a few stragglers hanging around, having a few drinks. And, uh, you know, some of the ra- – Rogelio's here. Dustin the Ginger is here. Rogelio. Uh, Dustin the Ginger Cowboy fan, you know, who's not having the best year. Um, yep, can't win them all. The lovely Esme has returned. So, she has. Uh, she's, yeah. a, she's a prize attraction. She is. She's the greatest. I mean, she is a wonderful human being. And, um, yeah, so we're just uh, – Staggering to the finish here, and, and did eighteen wind up being the number? Was that the final? Was that the winner? Someone shot sixteen through eighteen holes. I don't know how they did it. No, I thought that I saw thought I saw eighteen under. Eighteen under? Yeah, fifty four. No, I meant they just shot sixteen flat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just said the 
one of the most loveliest people I know is here in Esme. Esme's the greatest, by the way. So, anyway, um, so I have a COVID update, but it's not a it's, it's not a positive or a negative. It's just an update. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, you know, we talk about spreader events. Yes. Did you see what happened in New Orleans? No. Well, they had a swingers convention. Oh, I did see this. <laughs> and uh, it was a good event. You know, I mean, I don't know how this could possibly happen, AJ, that a bunch of swingers get together and have sex with a lot of people and that somehow 41 of them test positive for the Rona. I don't know how that happens. I can't I, imagine. I mean, is that even possible? I, I mean, mean they honestly, have one at Disney World. They just called it the NBA playoffs. If you go to a giant, if you go to a giant orgy... And the worst thing you leave with is COVID. It's probably a good thing, right? You're not doing it right. Like, you, I mean, you're you're supposed to leave with something way, I don't know, more fun. So, like what? Like, uh, like syphilis. Like diarrhea. Yeah, gonorrhea. Okay. Something sexually transmitted. Okay. Not just from like, oh, Pregn- pregnancy. Eddie's over there coughing again. Great. Now we've all got the Roni. I, I just don't know why people would go to a swingers convention and then not expect to get the Rona. Yeah. I, I, I mean, because, listen, I don't know how you social dis... I, not that I've done a lot of, you know, orgies. A but few. You've, done a, you've done your share. A few. But I don't know how you socially distance at that. I mean, yes, you technically, if you're just watching. Uh, but... Who just watches, though? Uh, well, it depends. Sometimes, you know. Do they Sometimes? sell tickets for that and popcorn? Uh, no, they don't give you popcorn. They give you a, yeah, do you get a, a towel. Di- do you get a discounted invite to the, like a discounted price on the party when you're like, oh, I'm not participating. I'm just watching. I, I don't know how that works. I'm sure there's somebody out there who can tell us. But, uh, yeah, I, I, not at all shocked that 41 people got the Rona from that. So, oh, well. Um, I have some other odds for you, too, and I'm kind of curious what you think about this. There are actual odds on where Harden will start the season, and the Rockets are even money, which I actually think is a pretty good bet. I think it is, too, because I don't think they make the John Wall deal if they're planning on getting rid of him. Well, I think they make that deal to try to appease him. And then he might say, ah, it's not good enough. I still want you to trade me to the Nets, who are plus 150. I, I honestly think at that point they just say, no. Well, <laughs> this I, is where I you will are, say but. this. It's a good sign that the guy reported. And we haven't heard from him that he wants to be traded. What we've heard is I'm sure his representatives are the ones yeah. who leaked that. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, my first thought when I saw the trade last night was, okay, that means they're, they are trading Harden. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, eh, no, I guess this is a move to try to keep him. Yeah. And I still don't know how. That's the way I looked at it. But I just don't feel like this team is going to be any better. They're not. And, and so what's the point? They got a, they got a first-round pick. Yeah, there's that. Which, and, and like but I said, if it's like the last first-round pick they got, they'll trade it away for a bunch of they seconds. Might. But like I said, they're at least shaking it up. They're at least doing something. They're not running back the same squad because that same squad that they ran out last year had no chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this one has a chance either, though. But I, I, I would have been okay 
Well, I don't know. I, I don't hate the deal. I just I, but, well, I but, just feel like it's it's a whole lot of nothing. With last year's team, we saw it. We know for a fact. Well, that, I no, we didn't really get a fair season with that group. I mean, I, there because there were times it worked. It wasn't the whole season. It wasn't a long enough time. But I, I could see stretches where it's like, hey, this can work. But did you ever see a stretch where you thought that that small ball mentality? No, from once they went to small ball, that was different. That's why I was really excited when they signed Cousins and they made the moves they made. It's like, okay, they're going to be some legitimate bigs here now. And I thought, okay, let's see how this works. If you're going to run it back and keep Westbrook and Harden, I like the moves you made. Now I'm kind of like, eh, okay. You know, I, obviously you've decided it wasn't going to work. That's fine. I just, uh, listen, I don't dislike the deal. I just, I think it's just shuffling things around. It's catering to James Harden again, and we know how that ends. It's yep. gonna fail, and there's no. And I, I, I can't really give him credit for saying, "Hey, good job doing this," because I already know how this story ends. I've seen it too many times. All right, let's take a quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Heisman Trophy winner and College Football Hall of Fame, Mike Rozier, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Wildcat Golf Club. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by the pay-per-view fight of the year, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Two last segments to go here at Wildcat. Still a few, uh, a few fun folks here as the... Uh, Tournament's wrapped up, and uh, hey, a, f- a few, a few not so fun folks. I mean, let's face it. You know, I'm fun. I don't, I don't know why you got to go there. I mean, you are trying to break down the house. Uh, well, no, I lean back and hit the thing behind me. Sorry. Uh, you, you mean the window? The way, can I? A uh, <laughs> few shout outs to uh, some of our sponsors who are out here today, including Kobo's. And dude, that sauce! I got to get some of that sauce. That's so amazing. The food was fantastic, and uh, much love. And then I uh, want to thank uh, my buddy, Dr. Linville, who came out and played. Fixed my hair. Great guy. Um, we also had uh, uh, Sight Jab was out here, so shout out to those guys. And uh, to all the listeners who played, and to Wildcat, of course, and Tim and the guys out here, because they're, they're fantastic. This is a great place, and happy that we were able to do it. And uh, got to see so many cool listeners out here today. If you didn't get to play, then you need to be here next time. Because yeah. it's occasional. Well, it is the occasional invitational. We, it's not an annual thing. We no. have no idea when it's going to happen. It's occasional. Again. It could be. It, you know what? It could happen tomorrow. Todd could say, "You know what? We'll do another one." It's whenever we we've feel got. Like, we've got a bunch. I of don't sponsors. think it can happen tomorrow. I think it would, right. we would need a little more notice. Well, it it won't happen tomorrow, but he could plan one tomorrow. He could say, "You know what? We're going to do this on January fifth because I want to see AJ out here when it's really cold." No, you won't see me out here when it's really cold. I'll get sick that day. <laughs> oh well, but this uh, may. Mm. So what have, uh, have we – was there anything you wanted to get to that we haven't gotten to yet today? Because I know we've been kind of uh, I was curious. What, what did you think of the, the – uh, I know this is a controversial topic in Houston these days, but what did you think of the Rockets' new clothing 
Did you like it? Do you think they look good? I mean, I thought, you know, I, I, it's got some good. It's got some bad. I'm not sure how I feel about it. What do you think? I hate to break this to you. The one thing that I give zero bleeps about is what uniforms teams wear. Okay. I really don't care. And, I, oh, it's the city uniform. Oh, who cares? If they're just trying to sell more uniforms to people. That's all it is, right? Yeah. So uh, are you going to buy a, a Rockets oil, Derek? Of course. Uh, love you blue of course. Uh, no. jersey? No. Okay, no. good. Um, AJ, I have a question. Okay. For me? For both of you. What do you guys think about Ohio State being number four, playing four games? I, I think that if they only if they finish playing just four games, no, they're going to play more than that. They're going to play what six, maybe seven. What do you think? Maybe six. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe six. I I, I think that it's a it's a weird spot because it, they they said in the Big Ten they said if you play six games you get a chance to play for the Big Ten championship. If you go if they go undefeated in the Big Ten, they probably deserve a spot at the table. That said, if they finish the season five and zero. Oh, it's kind of hard to justify for me. Yeah. And I said the other day, the rankings that they've put out, you, Ohio State's 4-0, and they're fourth. USC is 3-0, and they're 20th. I, I, what's, the, what's the difference, really? I, I mean. I don't know. It, it's I don't know. Preseason opinion. I, that's what it really boils down to, is yeah. what do people think of you coming into the season. So what's going to happen? So Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play, yep. right, in the ACC championship. Yes. And one of them's going to lose, right? Yes. And what's going to happen after that depends with A and M? It depends on which one loses. Are you, are you ask, are you an Aggie? Are you asking me to give you? Uh, are you trying to make me feel, make you feel good? No, about? I'm just asking straight up. So the, Clemson I'm, wins. Then it depends on the score. If Clemson wins by ten, ten whatever the spread is, Notre you Dame, think, Notre, Notre, Dame Notre Dame's in. They and stay I, and, in the top four. And yeah. I don't think it's close. Okay. Because Notre Dame would have a win over Clemson. And A&M's okay. best and no- win would be Florida. And Notre Dame has a bigger brand name. And right. and, and here's the thing that's kind of going to be run against A&M the whole time. A, they won't play in a, in a uh, conference championship game. Right. And their one loss was a molly whopping. They, I mean, yeah. they got just destroyed by Alabama, which – you know, yeah. Alabama, Alabama will do that to you. A lot of people do, but right? everybody yeah, yeah. Alabama will do that to you, but it's... It, I guarantee you the other three teams that make the playoffs are going to run into the same thing. The, oh, when they, when it's their turn to play Alabama, yeah. certainly. Yeah. But that will work against A&M, I think. Is, and we were just talking about this. They're, really, the best data point for A&M this year is to win over Florida. Right, for sure. And, I mean, that was a, a coin flip game. Could have gone either way. Everything else we've seen from A&M, I, I'd like to see them... If they're really good, I'd like to see them go out when they play a crappy LSU team, smash their heads in. Yeah, for sure. It's and with the exception of the South Carolina game where they did they did yeah, steamroll yeah. that team, they just haven't put up style points. Okay, so it, you think AJ, you think that the top four now will be the top four at the end of the season? I kind of lean that way. <laughs> yeah, I, lean, I, I think so. I kind of lean that way. What do you Here, think? Here's Fred? what I'll tell you: If you're an Aggie fan, this is what you need to wish. I for. am an Aggie fan. Here, here's what you need to root for: You need to root for Alabama to win every one of the rest of their games, and you need to root for Notre Dame to win every one of the rest of their games. Uh, and, and really, the bet you could also root for Ohio State not to play anymore. Uh, yeah, if they yeah. don't play, like, and, and yeah. we were talking or about to lose this. one game. Michigan. Yeah. Well, they're, they, Michigan ain't beating that team. 
But Michigan, had, what, the way they could beat them is by not playing them. Michigan could say, you know what? This, COVID. This COVID. We're sick. Man, yeah. We just don't feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And it could, it, I mean, that could legitimately knock Ohio State out of contention. Okay. Because I do okay. think they'd have a hard time if it, and Ohio State could go scramble and try to find another game. Yeah. But I do think it's tough with 4-0 and at the end of the season to say they belong in the mix over these teams right. that have played nine or ten games. So they have two games left, right? Ohio yeah. State has two games left. Scheduled. Who is two it? And uh, a championship Michigan game. and the, – Who are they playing uh, this weekend? Uh, uh, the Michigan State? No. No. Okay, no. they have two games. Yes. Yeah, and a championship game, theoretically. And a championship game. It, but they can't play the championship unless they play six games. Right. So, so Fred, so what do you think? Well, I think that – you know, I, I agree that you want Notre Dame to win out and you want Alabama to win out because Alabama will take Florida out of the equation because I do think there's a yeah. contingent out there that wants to put Florida. Oh, they play Michigan State this weekend. Yeah, yeah. They're 24-point favorites against Michigan State. So they, be, they win that. Yeah. They win that. But I think for A&M to get in, well, for one thing, you better beat Auburn this week. That's not a That's not, that's a, not a given. No, no, no. But uh, for them to get in, I think you need Notre Dame to beat Clemson. And I got to tell you, I tested from what I've seen. The two teams that don't have the resume and won't get in that I think are, frankly, I would take over A&M right now on a neutral field are both Cincinnati and BYU. Oh, BYU's wow. a stretch. I don't think so. Dude, that's, the thing is nobody's been close to that team, and nobody's going to get close to that team because they're not playing anybody good enough. I wish they'd played Washington because there's no way to judge other than the fact that I've seen – I've seen enough of BYU to know that I'll take their quarterback over Kellen Mond. Hate to break that to you. And I'll take both their lines. I mean, now the A&M defense is really good, but they wouldn't stop BYU. I would take both those teams over, over A&M, but they won't have the resume. A&M will have the better resume simply because of the win over Florida and they're in the SEC. Yeah. I, I honestly think more than any year, though, who 2, 3, and 4 is doesn't really matter. I, I, yeah, re- I really think this is the first time in a while where I've said it's, it's already determined. Like – uh, that, that's not fair because I think it's been a couple of years we said, oh, it's Alabama and you know everybody what? else. Here, 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 and I guess, here we go. And they don't win. This season, but maybe this more season than ever, win. with coronavirus, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Alabama catches a case of the Roni at the right time and everything's <laughs> up in the air. But, like, looking at these teams and their weaknesses, like Ohio State. If you put Ohio State on the field with Alabama – it's embarrassing because Ohio State has nobody in the secondary. No, they, this they don't is get not, a pass rush. Yeah, usually Ohio State has a pass rush and great corners. And you're trying to stop three NFL receivers? Yeah, guess what they don't have. No. Yeah. No. no and, that's true. And, and, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a team who can really consistently run the ball to beat Alabama. And I guess maybe Clemson can do it if, if Etienne gets right. Maybe. But he hasn't been all but he year. But he hasn't looked like he was supposed to look coming into this season. So I, I just don't see a team that – I look at their team and go, you know what? That's the recipe to beat this Alabama team. It's, it, it, yeah. it really is a – I mean, they're a, a very, very heavy favorite for a reason. No, yeah. A.J., you're right. You're right. I mean, as it looks right now, nobody can beat Alabama. Clemson has a shot, but Ohio State, let, Notre let, Dame, let, let me ask, I, don't, I don't think so. Let me ask you guys. That's all, my opinion. Both of I don't you, know. but Todd's sitting there too, is Aggie guys, do you really want to see Alabama in the first round of a playoff? Of course you do, because you're in the playoff. Well, yeah, you've never been there. But That's what do you true. what do you think is going to happen? Is what's going to be Alabama's going to roll them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, but here's the thing, like, and especially this, you've got to put yourself in the mind of an Aggie fan, Fred. When That's is, right. When has Texas been in a college football playoff? 
They've not. Never. So that's no, that's, they're, they're, that's, they're, that's 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 a banner no, they in were, College Station. Yeah, they're putting a banner up. Hell yeah! Fourth, yeah, no, I mean, but f- ranked fourth at the end of the year, hang a banner. No, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, now to be fair, I wouldn't. I mean, like if A and M played Notre Dame, I don't think Notre Dame's a lock to beat them. No, I don't either. No. But it's a close game. If they wind up against Alabama, it's just like, okay. We, I mean, yeah, that's, but that's but everybody. we've seen that act. Like everybody, A well, yeah. in that mix. They're in that six or seven. Well, no, I, I agree. They, they are one. To me, they're one of the best six or seven teams in the country, and they have a resume of a top five team. They deserve to be where they are. But I'm just saying, if you allowed me to bet A and M BYU on a neutral field, I'm taking BYU. But I would like to. I'd like to see more style points out of A and M. I really would. I'd yeah. like to see them. I would too. Because I, I mean, if they go out and beat Auburn by 28 points. On Saturday, right. it's like, yeah, Whoa, okay. yeah, we'll see, we'll see what yeah, they do against now, Auburn. Look at that. They had a they had a good game last week. They won. It wasn't pretty. It was kind of a little, eh, but let's see what they do against yeah. Auburn. Let's see. They might get beat. They're not going to get they beat, but I, I but I need to see them win convincingly. They could get beat by that team. Yeah, they could. They could. But I don't think they're going to. They could. But that's the Aggie way. They, 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 it they, is. It, it would be. That's right. But you know. Who knows? But you know what? I, I got to say, considering the guys who opted out. For A and M this year, oh, for them yeah. to be in this conversation is a damn good thing. Yeah. So, all yeah. right, quick break. One last segment to go. Don't go anywhere. It's a blitz on ESPN ninety-seven five and ninety-two five. This is the Blitz on ESPN ninety-seven five. All right, guys, i got to tell you about my good friends over at TGS Insurance. If you're looking to save yourself some money, uh, your home insurance is a good place to start because here's the deal. I mean, if you're like me, you have no idea what you're paying for your homeowner's insurance. I had no idea whatsoever. So I found out, and then I texted the word money to 232323. They said, hey, what's your address? And I sent them my address. Fifteen seconds later, they said, here's your quote, a full quote, firm insurance quote, Great rates, 15 seconds. You can't be. I ended up saving over $1,000 annually on my homeowner's insurance bill. Uh, Graham at our office saved $2,600 a year. The average customer saving $900. You could use $900 in your pocket. Let's face it. You could use it. Everybody could. Uh, it's so simple. Text the word money to 232323. TGS will take care of the back end. They'll get you out of your old policy and into a new one today. That's money to 232323 for TGS insurance. You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow live from Wildcat Golf Club. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by the pay-per-view fight of the year, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. Watch it live this Saturday at 8 p.m. Central, only on pay-per-view. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back. One final segment to go. And before we get to hopping on Hollywood, uh, we had a great silent auction out there. I see Todd won something. What Todd nope. won? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, there was one thing out there I wanted to bid on. There was a Doc Holliday photo signed by Val Kilmer. And I was going to bid on it, but my friend Jason had already bid on it. And I didn't want to snake him. Because he's a buddy of mine. To hell with that. But it's all's fair in love and Doc Holiday. I know, but I mean, come on. 
With that, well, of course, you know what happened. You could have bit him up, and then more money would have gone to the charity. Yeah. I, no, I'm Think not, about the children. No, Fred. I would do that to somebody I don't like. Think I about would, the children. Well, you know what? I think we did okay for God, the children today. Your disgusting today. attitude towards children has run out literally everybody that was here. I just don't now. like children. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hmm. All right, do Hoffman on Hollywood. And don't have any children in No, there. I'm starting with a kid's story. Of just course you will. Of course uh, you will. The Rockettes, a magical uh, duo of children who got famous on America's Got Talent. Caden and Brooklyn Rockette. Um, they Fake were, names. No, that's their real names. names. Uh, apparently, they were arrested. Of course these, they were. And, and these are kids. They were arrested and... It says, allegedly strip-searched last week in Farmerville, Louisiana. So when you strip-search a kid, do you have to have a minor do it so that it's... I don't know. Well, here's the deal. They refused to go with the police who were trying to return them to their mom. So that got them arrested. I didn't know you could get arrested when they're 15 and 13. Well, yes, you can get. I can speak from experience. You can get arrested at 15. I, I can also so speak can you. from yeah. experience. That's, that's very yeah. fair. Yeah. Mm, um, interesting. Huh. In video footage of the confrontation, uh, the teens claim they're afraid of their mom, but a police officer sternly tells them, you don't have a choice. This is nothing to argue about it. You have to go with us. Let's go. Bitch. And then uh, and they slapped a bitch. Off. They refuse, and then the cop read them their rights and arrested them. So uh, children getting arrested—just what we needed today. Hmm. Um, that's that's what I'm saying. Children are useless. You shouldn't have them. I mean, you had two. <laughs> yeah, they're grown up now, and I don't have to worry about it. So there. Uh, if they have grandkids, I'll kill them both. There you go. You guys were talking about the Queen's Gambit earlier. Yeah. Yes. You know how many people have watched the Queen's Gambit? A bleep load. On, on Monday, Nielsen released its latest list of top streaming titles. The Queen's Gambit topped 1.85 billion minutes watched. Wow. From October 26th to November 1st. So less than a week. It, just unreal. Six days. Yeah. It, it, it is really good, even though I'm not into chess. It is good. Plus, when, that, when she gets older, you definitely want to hit that chick. Yes. 62 million households have seen it. Mine is not one. Mine is one. Actually, mine is. I think my wife watched it, but watched it without me. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's typically how things it, work. It's house. one of those that I, I promise you, you don't think you would like, and then you watch it, and you're like, wow, it's pretty good. Um, that's true. That's true. What do you think of audiobooks, Fred? Well, considering we own an audiobook business, I love them. I think they're fantastic. When we do audiobooks <laughs> with our audiobook company, do we ever like if if the if the part or the the part being read is a black woman speaking, do we ever have a white man do a minstrel type voice to to speak like mm. the black lady? We have is not that? done that. We've actually only done one where we had different voices and uh, they were all Racially correct. Okay, well... And genderly correct. You you guys are doing it right. The Art of Speculation, uh, re- written by Regina Bradley and published in Fireside Is Magazine. Is it Regina or Regina? I think it's Regina. Okay, just check. Uh, it's about how uh, the, the hip-hop uh, duo Outkast blended Southern life of the past and present in their music. And when they did the audio book, um, they had a white man read the part as a black woman... In a sort of a southern uh, black Pro- voice, Produc- pro- provocative way. I, I know it was, was it, like it was kind of sexy. I, I don't think it was kind of sexy. I okay. think 
I think oh, they, that's not right. They had her talking no. like the lady in Tom and Jerry. Like, you know the lady in Tom and Jerry, you can only see her legs? Right. No. And then she talks, and she talks like a like a southern black woman in the 50s would be, uh, would be talking. That's how... They portrayed this black woman, a white man doing that voice. Uh, that's I, not right. I, 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 we can't do that. I think it's okay. It's, I, it's acting. No, we can't. It's I don't, acting. I don't think that's wise. Uh, is and it wise? No, but is it okay? Eh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. David Lee Roth has attacked Sammy Hagar in a new cartoon posted on Twitter. Uh, Roth has been regularly posting illustrations that depict a fictional newspaper called The Daily Catastrophe, with the latest appearing to attack Hagar. Uh, in the new cartoon, a figure pilots a worn-out airplane, surrounded by quotes including "Sam the man will be giving his life for rock and roll," but plans to be buried in his recently acquired jet. And Red Rocket refuses to fly 55 in Afterlife. Do you take a side on the uh, Roth Hagar battle? Um, why are they battling? They're both. Hey, listen, I I think Sammy Hagar more talented than David Lee Roth. Um, but. Really? Why are they fighting? I, I don't get it. Well, and here's the last. Uh, I've got one more Eddie Van Halen. They're fighting thing. because they're both Van Halen. That's right. Well, Sammy Hagar was big before Van Halen. Let's let's. Yeah. David Lee Roth but was David not. David Lee Roth was pretty good. Yeah, he's okay. Come All on, right. Fred. How much do you think Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstrat uh, and two other guitars, including the prop guitar from Hot for Teacher, sold at auction? What do you think the going rate was? Probably about four hundred grand. 150. 422,000. Oh, Fred was right. Fred's very smart. I actually have an Eddie Van Halen Charvel that uh, is worth quite a bit of money. You should have sold it at that auction, Dunny. I'm not going to sell it. I don't need to. I'm keeping it. uh, Well, maybe I'm keeping it. Maybe I will sell Uh, it. Who needs $422,000? Well, I I married well. All right, let's get out of here. I want to thank Tim and the guys at Wildcat for having us out. Great, great time today. Uh, Great job by Todd. Great job by Courtney. Shout out to her for putting this whole thing together. And uh, AJ, great job today. Aaron, good job malording people today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow for happy hour in studio. Till then, stay Rona free, bitches. Make you like a lizard when I'm slithered or sober. Six million ways to fold you like no Your home for sports is ESPN 97.5.